0: Hi, Esty Besties, and welcome back to another episode of Sounds Like Spa. I am Maggie Walker, Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc.
1: And I'm Marissa Sabatka, Associate Editor of Skin Inc.
0: That's how you say your last name? Yeah. Oh, I say it. I've been saying it so wrong. How do you say it? Well, do you say it again first? Sabotka. I think I definitely am too hard on the O's. I think okay. I go, like, Sabotka or Okay, something. yeah.
1: Like, in high school, it was like, Marisa Sabotka, come here. But I, it's like a Polish last name. I've been told by people who are Polish that it means Little Saturday. Um, oh. But, I like, my dad's not lineage is not Polish, so I'm not really
0: sure How it got in there. where that
1: came from. But, yeah, Marisa Sabotka.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I ruined your intro. No, no. This is our fantastic associate editor. <laughs> um, today we are going to be talking all things microneedling. We have a few news updates for you, a new trend, and actually a couple new trends. Yeah. So let's jump into today's episode. So we're going to start off, because it is a fresh new month, Every at the beginning of every month we are going to start off doing our monthly favorites. So I'll just jump in with mine. These are going to be basically any lifestyle favorites. They're not necessarily going to be skincare or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just any kind of lifestyle product that we've been loving. Uh, So for me, I recently have started working out a ton more, meaning that my muscles are a lot more sore and I have been doing a lot more stretching to make up for that. So I actually, like a year ago, bought my husband this really nice yoga set. Uh, not that he used it, even though he was doing <laughs> yoga like every single day. So I bought him that and I recently dug it up from like our little corner of workout stuff that we have at home. And I've been using, they have this like yoga, I anyone who does yoga, I feel like will know what I'm describing, but it's like this like yoga stretchy kind of rope thing almost to help you like fall deeper into stretches or like to better stretch if you can't do things like Com- like conjoin your hands behind your back like this and stuff. Not that you could see what I just did. <laughs> I've been really loving that because it's just helping me stretch out my sore muscles a ton. So like that with the yoga blocks and all that jazz while I've been doing my yoga, I've been loving that.
1: Always a good one. Um, I've been really loving my ice roller. This is like a universal love for me, but I feel like now that the weather is getting a little bit warmer here, like ice rolling always feels great. But when you wake up at like, I feel like sometimes I wake up in like a sweaty haze and I'm just like, what year is it? and I'm all puffy and I just need like a little bit of TLC. So I love waking up and grabbing my ice roller from the uh, freezer and just really going over like the contours of my face, like waking it up, but then also like depuffing. And then I also have like the little globes that I go like underneath my eyes with, and it feels great and I do feel like it genuinely helps like wake up my skin and prep it for skincare. So, yeah, always a fan, but specifically loving my ice rolling right now.
0: That's a good one. That's such a good one for right now too, because I don't know about you, but my allergies have been kicking mm-hmm. me. In the yeah, face. so that
1: to- I have Austin, my fiance, on it too. Like he wakes up and he's like, "Ice roll me," and I'm like, "Okay."
0: But <laughs> I do think he doesn't does do it help. himself.
1: He's like, "You no, ice roll me," it. but I bet it does help with sinus pressure and anything like oh,
0: that. Gosh. So and like the itchy, puffy, puffy eyes. So, first things first, since this whole episode is really focused on microneedling, we actually had a couple of news updates. I'm gonna read them off of my laptop. So if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I am reading. <laughs> but this is just because so, I don't want to get anything yeah. wrong. But these were Accuracy. like Accuracy. Accuracy, exactly. <laughs> we're editors if we're anything yes. we're accurate. Two big news updates that we had was one was from um Candela. It launched their profound matrix system. This was back in February. Uh, This system is designed to correct, maintain, and restore the skin at various stages of the aging journey, but it is a microneedling system, and it actually helps to minimize and improve patient discomfort when it comes to microneedling services. So it uses uh, their sublime and sublative RF delivery system with bipolar RF treatments and it improves the appearance of lines and wrinkles. The Matrix Pro part, the actual like FDA cleared part, is the applicator that is designed to regenerate and build new collagen. It uses the thinnest needles to deliver short pulse RF energy to the skin and that like thin short needle is kind of what helps to improve patient discomfort the other update was beauty health acquires skin stylus microneedling device the skin stylus is a class 2 medical device what's exciting is that beauty health intends to seek Fda clearance for additional indications and regu- regulatory approvals and markets outside of the US on top of that just like a really quick fun fact microneedling is expected to reach 1 billion US dollars in market size by 2030 so that's Huge, Huge. but I
1: feel like not a surprise to anyone.
0: No, yeah, definitely not a surprise. Which is
1: actually crazy if you think about it too, because next we're going to be talking a little bit more about like microneedling, like regulations and stuff. But like that that market is jumping to that height where there's literally some states that don't allow you to practice microneedling, you know? Yeah. So it, it just shows the interest in how much it's booming.
0: So that is our news update. If you guys are ever looking for more information on what we just shared, or if you want to make sure to stay up to date on the industry news and what's happening, you can always go to our site, skinink.com. And we've got two articles
1: written up about that news. So you can definitely dive deeper into those two topics. But then we also have like entire treatment areas where we're just focusing on microneedling and news like that.
0: Now, after that, we are actually going to move into uh, uh, the next kind of big topic of this episode, which is going to be the microneedling bill that was reintroduced in New York. Uh, So it is called Assembly Bill 2548. So if you are wanting to look it up on your own at all, anything like that, it is Assembly Bill 2548. So this bill concerns estheticians and cosmetology licenses. It was reintroduced into legislature back in January of this year. It was previously introduced in 2019 and then again introduced in 2021. So this is kind of its third round of being introduced in New York. So currently it is in the assembly committee, which pretty much means that any changes they're looking to make are is being agreed upon and voted on, whether they reject them or keep them. Essentially, the premise of the bill is that it will allow, allow licensed estheticians and licensed cosmetologists to practice microneedling upon completion of a five-hour course. It has a new section 404D in it, and it has a couple other minor edits that are pretty key. So, the current scope of practice in New York for estheticians the license allows you to provide appearance enhancement services to the face, neck, arms, legs, or shoulders for a fee or any consideration of exchange, whether direct or indirect. With this license, these services can be used, uh, can use compounds or procedures including makeup, eyelashes, depilatories, tonics. Lotions, waxes, or sanding and tweezing. So, one of the main changes that they're going to put in the bill is they're actually into that list. They're going to add microneedling. So, currently in New York, that would mean that microneedling is not within the scope of practice for estheticians. It actually falls, which this this blows my mind. So, it's doctors mm-hmm. makes it's sense. But acupuncturists also fall in the scope of practice for it. Which,
1: like, we had a discussion. Because I was like, wait, is that like, a, is that something that acupuncturists perform? And she's like, I don't think so. Oh. Which like, I, I maybe get like government's like path that they took on that because yeah, like, you they put administer the, needles, but I feel like we know that there's a large difference.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. When I, well, read I don't know. Let us know if we're off on that. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, let us know if we've, like, missed the mark yeah, and if that's a totally that normal thing that but, acupuncturists provide. To me, that yeah, seemed so off. Those are two different scopes. There. Just especially considering the fact that, like, literally nurse practitioners can't even microneedle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not in their scope of practice mm-hmm. in New York. but acupuncturist. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems so weird to me. So that kind of means this five-hour course upon completing it, it opens up a pretty big avenue for estheticians. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we really start the discussion, I kind of wanted to read the amended bill and like what it says. In the actual bill, it says, all licensed estheticians and licensed cosmetologists shall, in order to practice microneedling, complete a five-hour microneedling approved course offered by a New York State licensed appearance enhancement school whose curriculum for, for such course was approved by the Bureau of Property School Supervision. Upon completion of such course, all licensed estheticians and licensed cosmetologists who complete the course shall receive a certification of completion in theory and practical proficiency in microneedling. The five-hour microneedling course curriculum shall include practicing microneedling and universal precautions including but not limited to proper handling, sanitizing, disinfecting, and disposing of materials that encounter blood or bodily fluids to ensure both the safety of the esthetician and the consumer. In order to enroll in the five-hour microneedling course, the licensed esthetician or licensed cosmetologist shall show proof of completion and passing of occupational safety and health administration bloodborne pathogen training certification. And it's to my knowledge, based on the NCEA they shared that you should already have the bloodborne pathogen training certification that should already be a part of it. So it's kind of nice because they're like, you have to prove that, I mean, mm-hmm. you should already have it. But so yeah, so I'm gonna kind of open up the floor just in general on our thoughts and our takes on mm-hmm. this bill. Uh, for me, if I'm understanding everything correctly, I feel like this is a really exciting opportunity for mm-hmm. estheticians. You know, I think it really opens. There's a lot. Of, there are a lot of states, I feel like, in their scope of practice where microneedling does not fall for estheticians. Just because it does, you know, puncture the skin, can cause bleeding. It kind of goes below that dermis yeah. factor. Um, so I feel like that that's pretty exciting that they're willing to open this up yeah. for a five-hour course. I
1: feel like when you're looking at, like, just state, size it's crazy to me that like New York is not practicing because I feel like if this does pass that is going to open up like a whole new world of aesthetics for people in New York you yeah know? like absolutely. not only for the clients but then like educational and job opportunities for estheticians in New York so to me it seems like an amazing opportunity and something that should have probably already been in place but I'm glad that they're catching up and making that um, available to estheticians now um, but yeah. I do know that you're going to discuss kind of like what that means for estheticians and what that five hour hour course not means. But I know that um, education can kind of be skewed or different depending on yeah. the state you're in. So, like, w- what are the benefits of the five hour course, but like job X as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And. So I guess like my take on it is I'm, I would be very curious to know why they decided to kind of open this up to a five hour course. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's pretty standard. Microneedling is usually performed by, in my, like from my experience and from my understanding and from my talking, oftentimes it is actually done by someone with an MD, a nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. or a doctor. Um, So I'm very curious as to what like led them to being like, oh, we're going to open this up beyond, you know, microneedling is, you know, it's not, it's not like a, I mean, it's minimally invasive, of course, but it's not non-invasive.
1: I feel like it's minimally invasive, but it's definitely more invasive than the ad. Average esthetician is like performing
0: yes. on your skin. Exactly, and I mean it's even to the point like we can't do so at our face and body show when we have demos on the floor. We can't do microneedling mm-hmm. or anything because of the whole bloodborne pathogen yeah. situations and you know concerns and everything like that. So I'm I'm just very curious. I'm very curious on to onto what like switched their like switched their thought to allowing this. I I do think it is really exciting. I'm curious as to what the five hour course. Would cover in detail that where it went from, you have to be a doctor, like you can't mm-hmm. even be a nurse practitioner. You have to be a doctor to this five-hour course will cover everything you need to know. Yeah. Some questions that I thought would be very important to keep at top of mind, if you're an esthetician in New York and you're looking more into this, or if other states start to mimic this yeah. and also start to... Take it out. I'm pretty sure California doesn't allow microneedling. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely the sta- states out there that don't allow estheticians yeah. or nonetheless, cosmetologists. Or cosmetologists
1: laws that could be changing.
0: Exactly. So, you know, this could, I don't know, this could be kind of like a wave of the future. But a couple of things that I would say to keep in mind, especially if you're an esthetician in New York undergoing this, it's crucial to understand your scope of practice, like, the back of your hand, like, through and through, in and out. Because uh, you can really get caught in, you know, bad In bad waters, if you're practicing, that's not in your scope of practice. So, questions are a big one. What's the five hour course going to cost? Unfortunately, I I wish I did. I don't have the answers to these questions just because this bill hasn't even been officially passed passed yet. Details
1: are available.
0: Exactly. So we will definitely, if this bill continues to progress and get passed, we will definitely keep you updated. We're going to keep ourselves updated and keep you guys updated on what's to come after, like the aftermath of the steps. But I would say questions to keep top of mind and you know, make sure your voice is heard out there too, is how much is it gonna cost you for the five hour course? Uh, does this bill refer to both non-medical and medical microneedling devices? Because it definitely did not specify uh, what kind of doors, a big one actually that's really exciting is what kind of doors can this open for new modali- new modalities and new medical devices? Uh, there's quite a bit that's not in the scope. I mean, I just read the scope of practice. Like, there's a lot that's not included mm-hmm. in that. So this again could be it could be a very exciting doorway not only for New York to allow more, you know, non-invasive or minimally invasive to non-invasive medical devices being used in treatment rooms, mm-hmm. and it also, you know, is a great opportunity for other states to possibly start to mimic this path, but. Um, the last question that I have that I would be really curious on is what kind of continuing education requirements are they possibly going to tack onto this? Like, do you complete the five-hour course once and you're done? Are they going to want you to do follow-up one-hour rebriefs or one-hour courses after everything like that? Because again, it is, you know, minimally invasive. There's, you know, bloodborne pathogens to be concerned about. There's sometimes blood in the, like, you know, it's definitely something to keep in mind. But yeah, exciting stuff, though. It I is. mean, that's really big. It is.
1: It opens up a whole new world of opportunities, but also questions that we have. So I think that's definitely something that we're going to stay on top of and share any news updates. We're kind of just introducing the idea as they are. Um, but once there's more details, we will obviously
0: yep. love to share that with you guys. So you definitely have to make sure to follow us, subscribe. <laughs> plug. All of that stuff, plug. <laughs> follow us, subscribe, do all that stuff so you can stay as up-to-date as we stay. Speaking of exciting opportunities and places that that can go to, uh, we're going to actually jump into talking about the glass facial trend. Yeah,
1: and I'm going to take us on a little journey with the glass facial. Just to kick off, I feel like most people have heard about it. We've definitely written about it, but um, like glass skin is trending right now. Like yep. it's a TikTok trend um, there's really nothing to it, like it's just having like very firm, shiny, glass like skin, which I feel like most people like want.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know too many people yeah. who look at that and they're like, like ew. Nah, I'll
1: take the doll skin. <laughs> I'd but, rather not. Um, there's actually a new treatment that involves micro needling or like micro micro needling technique. It's called the Glass Facial and a bunch of spas are already using this in practice and it's like our number one trending article on our website and stuff so we know that you guys are interested. So I'm just going to kind of break down what the Glass Facial is, its benefits and then a couple tips for like in practice. Microneedling is a skin boosting micro injection of hyaluronic acid with a microdose toxin. So it uses resurfacing modalities combined with nutrients and PRFM which is like plasma in small amounts through needles that infuse the solution through a mini injector. So it's like microneedling, but they're infusing hyaluronic acid in conjunction with other, uh, like a microdose toxin. So it is minimally invasive. They're actually like, I know, like my, uh, microneedling can cause bleeding, but a lot of people have found that with this, it doesn't cause the same bleeding that Typical treatments do cause um, just because it is like a, a microdose injection of like the hyaluronic acid that they're using. And the benefits of this is that it provides hydration. It plumps and fills the skin, treats any aging. It's also great for like preventative aging and filling fine lines and wrinkles. It's known to reduce pore size. It's shown to stimulate collagen. And it also treats hyperpigmentation. So it kind of like runs along all the same things that microneedling is attempting to treat as well. What's great about this process is that it helps the solution to like micro inject into the depth of like what they're trying to correct, but you're not losing like product benefits. So like the product penetration is still happening just based on like where the micro injection is taking place. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like it sounds confusing when it's like explained, but it's basically just injecting hyaluronic acid and the, um, microdose toxin so that you're getting anti-aging benefits and hydrating benefits um mm-hmm. while also doing
0: yeah it sounds yeah it sounds like almost like an infused micro needling yeah. mm-hmm. and treatment. it's got
1: all the added benefits of it's like relatively a new treatment so obviously i feel like there's going to be like more research and stuff done on on it about like how it's stimulating collagen and anything like that but it's definitely providing that like glass skin anti-aging effect so what do you think about it
0: i would try it 100 first uh-huh. of all Hyaluronic
1: acid is my jam. Yeah, like anything involving that, I feel like that's almost like the allure of it. As yeah.
0: Well, you know? I absolutely love hyaluronic acid. I would bathe in it if I could. <laughs> Me too. I, I, honestly, it's <laughs> so nice. I remember when I, like, I remember being, like, introduced. Like, I remember a time in my life where I never used hyaluronic acid. Oh, I remember acid. too
1: before I worked here. Yeah.
0: 100%. I, I just, like, ugh, I, like, love it. So, like, I can't believe there was a time in my life or I didn't use it. Anyway, apart from that, I would definitely try it. You know what's really funny, actually? I have never... And I mean, I guess... I mean, I'm 28. So, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people at this point in their life have probably tried, like, sometime some type of either Botox filler or microneedling yeah. or, like, some kind of treatment. I haven't tried any of yeah, those. me neither. I, like... I want to. Uh-huh. I'm kind of a baby. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm for
1: sure. Like, that's definitely been the reason that's held me back. Like, I've considered... Um, like lip flips and stuff like that but I just am such a baby that I'm like you know what for right now we're good
0: (laughs) well and then like sometimes sometimes I feel like I look at myself and I'm like I could like just a little bit and for Mm -hmm. me and no one else notices this and I know no one else sees it or notices it but like one of my lip like literally on my top lip like one side is like a little fuller and one side than the other this eyelid is
1: droopier than the other that happens to me And too. I feel like I have like like wrinkles on my forehead on one side, which I think is because I'm like more animated on the one side, but it really annoys me. I guess yeah. I don't want it like...
0: That's like I one forehead. one smile line is worse than yeah. the other. But
1: you start to notice this. It's- yeah.
0: Because you see yourself <laughs> yeah. every day and so you slowly it's are just like... been like on our minds for sure. Yeah, definitely on my mind. But I've considered for my smile lines, I've considered for... Like a little bit of lip filler. But like then again, then I'll try like the facial filter things mm-hmm. and or the face filters. The filters. I don't I feel like I just made myself sound really old no, by no. how I phrase that. But <laughs> I'll try filters and they'll like do the whole lip plum thing and I look like an alien. So I'm like, I don't know. Do I want, do I want lip I go back and
1: forth for sure. But really quickly, I do have just like two tips for if you are practicing like this facial, just to let your clients know. So in order to like see results, which is like true with any treatment, you're going to want to recommend like three monthly treatments to see this result. And then you're also mm-hmm. going to want to let your clients know to wait at least one to two weeks before receiving any other aesthetic treatments, which is true oh. with like most micro needling. I feel like treatments like that. I probably depends on the esthetician um, and like the extent to which their treatment was. Um, but yeah, this one it is minimally invasive, but just because of the way that it is like micro injecting, it's a good idea too. And get a couple treatments um, just to see better results, but then also recommend like no other aesthetic treatments while you're doing it. Just a little safety reminder.
0: Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder like how far in between, because like, I feel like mm-hmm. for Botox or for filler, you usually wait like what, like six months? Yeah. It's
1: definitely not like that. But I think that this um, is probably not like the extent to which Botox would be. Yeah, because like, I think it's like faster, like three in one treatments, but then you're good for a little while. Um, But it is a relatively new treatment, so I haven't really seen anything on the specifics of, like, timelines and everything.
0: Yeah, same. Um, But
1: definitely recommended more than one treatment to see better results, for sure.
0: Definitely. I feel like with microneedling, especially in general, you usually, like, it's kind of like it. the whole, like, one mm-hmm. is a treat, and three is a treatment. Is,
1: yeah, so it's it's sa- the same with any other aesthetic practice, treatment, anything like that. So. Yeah.
0: I would give it a try. Yeah, what, let too. us know, you guys, would you try it? Would you try the glass facial? I feel like any esthetician is going to be like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like you guys expose yourself to being guinea pigs all the yeah. time to put new stuff in your practices and your spas. For sure. But, and it's,
1: like, trending, like, amongst social media. But also, we're going to talk about it later again, too. But I feel like this is here to stay, in in a sense. And um, whether it's, like, labeled as the glass facial or not, I do feel like it's um, a creative use yeah. of this microneedling technique.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like if your spa is has the capabilities to perform this service, perform mm-hmm. this treatment... Um, I definitely think it's probably going to be worth throwing mm-hmm. it on your spa menu mm-hmm. or even just like advertising, reva- it. advertising it somehow, revamping it. Um, I think that would be totally worth it too, just because, you know, it's a trend. Consumers know about it, they've yeah. heard about it. If they're getting microneedling treatments, you know, be prepared. They might come in and ask you, well, what's the difference between this and the glass facial? What's yeah. the difference between what I'm doing and the glass facial? And I'm sure, you know, you know, like microneedling can be used for like acne scarring and mm-hmm. like things and, you know, atrophic scars and like things like that. And this might be more of like an anti-aging, black yeah, skin, useful. So it's like it, a
1: different, I, I do think it's interesting to like in a way that you guys should capitalize on it just because if a lot, if like when you see a lot of these trends, sometimes it's more like product based where it's going to be like a home care recommendation that you guys are making. Whereas like, you don't see like actual facials trending mm-hmm. as often, you mm-hmm. know? So like I do think it's an easy way to like add this to your spot menu and see how it
0: does for sure. Absolutely. Hi, SD Besties. We're jumping into a quick little ad. We are going to be talking about our face and body show coming up. It is happening at the Safe Credit Union in Sacramento, California from August 20th to the 21st. And specifically, besides all of the education you're going to be receiving, besides all of the fun and the happening, the product shopping, all of that good stuff. We are really excited to bring you a whole new aspect of edutainment, as we call it. We are talking specifically about the Skin Ink Live stage. We are super excited because we have totally revamped how we're doing the stage this year. This year, we are going to be focusing completely and entirely on trends that are happening in the industry. We are getting industry experts to talk about these trends, speak to you guys more about these trends, and specifically, we have an industry expert hopping on the stage to talk more about the glass facial and bring you guys so much more insight and info on it. But well, we're covering so many more topics than just that. So you definitely have to make sure to tune in. The Skin Inc Live stage is free for all attendees and it is right on the show floor. So definitely make sure to come to Face and Body. Again, it is happening August 20th through the 21st at the Safe Credit Union in Sacramento. We can't wait to see you there. All right. So now we're jumping into, now that we've kind of wrapped up our thoughts on the glass facial, we're actually going to go into talking about tweakments. Uh, I'm sure this is a phrase you guys have heard. It's a pretty popular phrase now, uh, kind of basically is just like more minimally invasive mm-hmm. tweak. So not even just minimally invasive. I feel like it's also like smaller dosage and portions. Yeah. Like that's kind of how almost like years ago it was technically called baby Botox. And okay. now I feel like it's being called cause like Kendall Jenner said she did baby Botox. And what Uh she would do is like lesser amounts of Botox and stuff. And now I feel like it's kind of transformed into this tweakment yeah almost um,
1: like preventative
0: yeah um because i'm exactly sure like
1: maybe will talk about it but it's it's trending amongst like gen z
0: yeah so
1: like they're not treating aging concerns they're preventing, they're preventing aging
0: concerns so yeah which is so smart and mm. like so like this next generation is, is gonna, on top of it. they're so on top of they're mm. gonna look so good they are because they don't have to like try and undo the damage yeah they're just like adding yeah exactly although i feel like at the same time if anyone's if anyone's Gen z don't get mad at me but i feel like they also like don't have the best like lifestyle practice like the vaping was was like their that's generation and like true. stuff like For that sure. so maybe and, like, we'll them, even like, out
1: influenced by social media and stuff like that so we'll see like if some of those trends last yeah. that they, they did like, eat Tide pods
0: too. so that's true
1: <laughs> yeah some of the trends like definitely won't stick around like i feel like i've made it to a weird place on tiktok where like eating cornstarch is a trend And that's definitely not healthy. I've seen that. I don't don't know if that's Gen Z. I think that might be a little bit lower than Gen (laughs) Z. Maybe. But we'll see. So definitely,
0: like, good and bad things that we're doing here. Gen Z has, like, been the bane of my existence, but they've also brought us such good things. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the thing with Gen Z when it comes to trends is that they are, like, full drive. They're 100%. Like... When the middle part came in, it was like, if you side part, you're old, you're, you're, old, you're old and you're, you're chewy. chewy.
1: <laughs> but I then also like over. the good side of it, I feel like, um, there's never been a generation that has focused so much on self care and True. Like, mental health and taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. um, physically and mentally. So I feel like, obviously, I mean, I, that can be said for like any, Oh yeah. you know, millennials are called like too emotional and stuff. But then I also feel like we're like nicely raising children. <laughs> hundred percent. You know, we're nicely raising children. So, you know, it can be said for every single generation. But I do think that we've seen these rises in treatments like these or skincare trends because they're focusing on it, which yeah. is a great thing.
0: My favorite is I have a sister and a sister-in-law that are both like right on the cusp of being Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I think they they call themselves Gen Z. I think mm-hmm. technically when you look at it, they're on the cusp. Um, but I like to use them if people are being mean to me, I'll just use them as S, a threat. Yeah. I'm like, I'll sick my Gen Z sister on <laughs> you. Don't even, they're ruthless. If they don't like you, oh, it's game over. Like they're,
1: it's true. I use my Gen Z cousins for like, they're um, afraid
0: of nothing. Like
1: lingo. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> that's cap. That's cap. <laughs> Or
0: that's us. That's us. yeah.
1: I I don't really use those in my formal writing. So I'm not like reaching out to them for professional advice, but maybe I'm just like But just in your day what are the kids
0: saying what are the, what are the kids saying? <laughs> so back to tweakments. There was a 75% increase in plastic surgeons seeing this. That was the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery said that their plastic surgeons were seeing a 75% increase in mm-hmm. the request for tweakments. And so, tweakments basically include things like microneedling, uh, fillers, Botox. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a couple a really one.
1: popular one. Like I, they, I wrote an article on this topic, and one of the biggest ones that they're seeing is lip lifts. Yes, now. lip lifts. Um, so that's like removing skin f- between the nose and lip to lift the lip instead of adding filler to it. Um, so yeah. that's been like a super popular treatment. And then also, I'm probably gonna like butcher this name, but bleph yeah.
0: yeah,
1: um, which removes the excess skin on the eye. Oh, um, so that's that. like an aging treatment, but also it's been used on people with hooded eyes, which is definitely something that I've, I think I have hooded eyes, but I've seen. Um, so that treats that a little bit. So there, I would say that one's like a little bit more invasive, but it said it was a very easy procedure to take place and then to also recover from. But yeah, definitely the lip lift was the one that they're seeing so many more um interest in which makes sense because I feel like kind of any lip trends take center field, I feel like a little bit yeah. more. So that's taking off a little well, bit. Well,
0: especially because I've now we're talking about my TikTok. I've ended up on the side of TikTok where they do talk about a lot, like a lot of stuff about lip fillers when mm-hmm. coming up, but specifically lip filler migration. Yeah. I feel like has been everywhere. Oh, and well, I, I've
1: seen people removing their filler.
0: Um, yeah. Well, their
1: lips and stuff too.
0: And so lip filler migration is basically when. It stops being like in the lines of your lips, and it starts to move up, and it gives you that really fish mouth. So it's not something you want. You usually want to get it dissolved when that happens, and that's been everywhere. So I'm wondering if that's why the lip lift is kind of becoming more. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have to worry about the lip filler migration Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so I've seen a lot of stuff with that. I feel like in a general sense, even like the heavy lip filler is like starting to tone itself down, Mm -hmm. and like
1: which trends, it's all a cycle. So. It, what was once very popular to have like heavy Botox filler, big lips, I feel like will trend out a little bit. Obviously, yeah, you don't live your life according to trends. So whatever you feel like fits your face or your client's face is the best route forward. Um, but yeah, I do notice that too. I feel like more natural features is kind of like coming back. It's definitely
0: life. coming back. And I think that is probably why also tweakments are so mm-hmm. big because they're very minimal. small. They're mm-hmm. very minimal changes. They're very small. They are preventative, and again, that's probably why they're so popular among. I wonder if it Gen plays Z. into
1: finance as well. Like, I didn't really think oh, about that, but I wonder if, like, because these are smaller procedures, maybe they're like getting more of these but spending less on, like, I, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I wonder if that plays into because I know, like, obviously, the money being spent on the industry as a whole is going up, but maybe, like, to the Gen Z customer, yeah, um, a smaller procedure is more enticing.
0: That actually, that makes a ton of sense. And I know one thing that I keep seeing and keep reading about, especially with Gen Z... And again, why tweakments might be becoming like so popular and so far on the up and up. The lack of downtime. Yeah, I feel like Gen Z doesn't want to be like it's true bogged it's down true. with like recovery Which time me for too. stuff. Same. Like oh my god, like I'm, I god, don't I've got sit too there much stuff.
1: Recovery. Yeah, there's too much going on. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't have a free weekend to my yeah. name until yeah. like June. So like so that I don't have time into
1: it. Anything minimally invasive, I feel like is very enticing.
0: If you had to pick up the list of tweakments that we. So mm. Botox filler, lip lift, blah, 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 blah. the eyelid one—I can't pronounce that.
1: Probably that
0: one. The eyelid the, one.
1: I've always wanted to do something to my lips, um, but I—I I have very small lips, so like anything like adding to it, I was like, I feel like my face just naturally doesn't sit that way. So like yeah. I don't know what I would look like, and I—I I don't have that much room between my nose and my um lip anyway, so I'm not sure like what that would look like. I've thought about lip flip before because it like, lip, lip, picks lip. up from underneath a little bit. Um, mm. smear my but lips yeah face. that eyelid surgery sounds nice for my hooded
0: eyes. <laughs> How about you? For my for my hooded eyes. <laughs> so I would say for me, I would probably go with microneedling. I don't know what it is. This is gonna sound so stupid. There is a difference in my mind between putting a bunch of tiny needles that I can't see in my face and a syringe in my face. Yeah no I get that I get that. So I feel like it I feels don't
1: different as well.
0: It feels different and I feel like with microneedling it's less, and I'm by no means, like, I'm not knocking. If you do, if you get Botox, if you do filler, and if you perform them, I am not knocking them. For me, I think it's something just with the, like, putting something in in there. Yeah. But in all fairness, I've also wanted to do microneedling for a while. Yeah,
1: I feel like microneedling is, like, definitely the most attainable on that list, too.
0: Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because it it's the, our theme.
1: the least amount of courage. Either way, I feel like tweakments are... A, a good direction to head, for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, I mean, I would definitely do them, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those were all of our thoughts, updates, opinions, mm-hmm. excitement, and everything happening microneedling, mm-hmm. um, which honestly, like, I'm going to be honest, when I first came up with this episode theme, like, I don't know, a month ago, <laughs> a couple months ago, my main focus was really the updated microneedling bill in New York. I didn't realize how much is going on. Yeah. Was microneedling? Yeah, for sure. By the time, so when we're recording this, it's April. So like it's April. Yeah. By the time you're watching this, it's May. But when we were recording <laughs> it, it was it was April. Like it's four months. I feel like there's been a ton of updates yeah. with microneedling, a lot happening. So, but we are gonna move into a little game now because I like to have fun. <laughs> so this is a fun game that we're calling Trender Treatment, and basically we're gonna go through the, what kind of the topics we talked about today, as well as like one that I think is pretty heavily related and kind of relevant to like what's trending right now in the industry. And we're going to say whether we think it's a trend, meaning that it's going to fizzle out, or if we think it's a treatment, it's going to be here to stay for the long run. So first up is going to be the glass facial.
1: Um, My take on this is that I definitely think it's going to be here to stay. I do think that people might highlight it as a trend right now, but this technique just feels like it's going to be a treatment um, that'll stay on a few people, not a few people's, but I feel like it'll definitely stay on treatment menus, um, and not fizzle out in the way that trends do.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think this is going to definitely stick around. I think it'll become, whether it, you know, like keep, it might
1: take on different, I was going to say
0: it might take on like different titles, yeah. different paths or like kind of become like a little more of a fluent concept, yeah. but I think it's going to stay. I think yeah. it's a treatment Micro-injecting for sure. hyaluronic acid is never going to steer you wrong. So yeah. And I think that because it does um, toxins too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really different too. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that's going to stick around. Yeah.
1: More of an advancement than it is a trend.
0: Yeah. All right. So next one is tweakments. Mm-hmm. Trend or treatment? I think trend, maybe. Really? Um,
1: yeah, I was originally going to say treatment. Um, but I think that, well, a lot of the treatments within tweakments might stay. I do think that, like, if we're in tweakments now, they'll probably cycle out to being, like, heavy, heavy
0: treatments. That oh, I get sense. what you're you saying. Know, like,
1: I think this, like, focus on tweakments right now is a trend, but I think that the treatments within it could be. Here yeah, like, say. it's going to kind
0: of follow the generation. So yeah. as they get older, they're not going to want the tweakments. tweakment. They're yeah, going to want the treatment. The actual treatment. So. Um, I personally think it's going to be here to stay. My main reasoning is because. A couple, what was maybe like three or four years ago, it was baby Botox, yeah, and now it's turned into tweakments and like stuff like that. And I think, I personally think it's gonna be, it's gonna stick around. I think it's gonna again, kind of like the, I feel like it's probably gonna take on different forms, yeah, different but names. But it's been here. Kind but of. it's been here, and I think it's going to continue instead of just the preventative skincare, I think the preventative treatments. Sure. In in what's in that scope. So not just like preventative treatments in a general sense, but like in the scope of like the smaller amounts of Botox filler, Mm -hmm. all that stuff, things to keep you looking natural. Yeah. I do think it's No, I would agree
1: with that too. I'm kind of like 50-50 in that.
0: Yeah. I know because as I was talking, I was like, I could see it kind of fading though because.
1: Maybe it's just like the terminology will fade,
0: but like the treatments will stay. So, last in the game is going to be barrier repair, because I've been seeing that everywhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of falls in line with this theme. Yeah. You know, because I feel like post microneedling and everything, you really take care of the, yeah. your barrier health. So, what are your thoughts?
1: I think it's here to stay. Um, and I only say this because A, I love barrier repair products, so I might be a little bit skewed, but I just feel like environmental aggressors are only going to continue to get worse, yeah. sadly. Um, so, like, I think that while it is, like, a trend to focus on barrier repair, I do think that that's going to be, like, a huge concern for skin and, like, something that we're going to have to stay on top of and will sadly only, like, get worse, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's very, like, kind of kitschy right now, like, oh, repair your barrier, but I do think that those ingredients and in those products are going to be needed as yeah. time goes on. How do you feel? I can see that.
0: Because you've been trying the image... Yeah, I've been using stuff, the right? new
1: Image line and I've absolutely been loving it. I've been using their, I believe it's a brightening serum, their moisturizer and their cleanser. And like, I've obviously just noticed a difference like in my skin and yeah, everything yeah, like sure. that. Um, but it, I feel like the average consumer doesn't know like the constant assaults on your skin every day from just like walking around outside. Um, so True. now that I've been made aware of it. Whether I notice the results or not, like, it makes me feel good that I have, like, invisible protection,
0: you know? (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I personally, I think the barrier repair is going to fizzle out. More so, not in the sense that we're all of a a sudden going to, like, stop caring Mm -hmm. about our barriers and not take care of them. I think the hype around it will fizzle out. I think it's going to become... On to the next thing. On to the next thing. I think it'll become almost like like an afterthought, kind of like... um, I'm trying to think of a good example of something like that where it's almost just like in things now. So you don't yeah. really think about it.
1: Yeah. Like those ingredients will just be here to stay. Exactly. Um,
0: like the ingredients are just kind of going to kind of going to get formulated. Yeah. They're not going to be shouted out anymore. Yeah. They're not going to be call outs. They're not going to. So I think in that sense, I think it's a trend. I think it'll fizzle. Out. I don't think we'll ever stop caring about our barrier health. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like all of the hype that's around it and all of the awareness around it, I feel like that's eventually going to fizzle. Yeah, I see that for sure. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) that's the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please, please, please make sure we have a little question and answer, a little poll. So please make sure to answer that um, on our Spotify. And also please follow us, turn on your notifications, Subscribe. subscribe, listen. Um, subscribe to our magazine and our site as well and our newsletters to stay up to date on the latest in news you'll see us
1: everywhere on all those platforms we've been filming little video clips of us recording so obviously listen to the entire podcast first on Spotify. obviously um but definitely check out like our social channels on our instagram and everything like that to catch little clips of what you missed 100%
0: we've got some really exciting stuff coming up for you guys on the podcast too so you definitely want to turn on your notifications follow us subscribe and tune in bye guys